Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Hello one and all, and welcome to Behind the Glass, your weekly automotive podcast hosted by two rather uninformed enthusiasts. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> I'm Sam from the YouTube channel Seen Through Glass. I'm Tony from Gravelwood Car Sales. And you can watch us each week. We hope you enjoy the episode. I don't... I, I'm Okay, so long story short, this week I'm in the 9-11 Sport Classic. Good for you. <laughs> it is good for me. I am foaming at the mouth to discuss the car. Go on then. But no. Oh. I am actually going to allow the main channel YouTube video to, to live on its own. It's going to be coming out post this podcast. And we'll talk about that car after our summer break. So n- no exclusives. You're not, not going to say anything. Nothing. Oh, go on. Uh, you can ask me one question about that car. And I'll answer it. You'll answer it with a one-word answer? Or no, no, I'll answer it as, well, you ask the question and I'll decide how to answer it. But you get one question, otherwise we're saving our chat. Just, by the way, people, if you're new to the podcast, welcome. Uh, Tony has essentially been vile about the 911 Sport Classic <laughs> ever since it launched. I have loved the idea of it. I'm, yeah. I'm finally behind the wheel of it. And so it will, it needs to be a big discussion, but I'm really pleased with the video I've created so far. And I don't want to undermine that okay, by just revealing all of my cards today. So yeah, you get one question, which I will answer and then we're going to move on. Okay. Um, Sport Classic or GT3? Just one word answers for me. No, uh, no, I was going to say, <laughs> depends on the usage. Oh, here we That's go. That's a really obvious thing to say, but I will elaborate. You could very easily argue that the Sport Classic and a 992 GT3 Touring are direct rivals. Because theoretically, you've got manual gearbox, rear-wheel drive. One is the slightly more Grand Tourer-focused 911 turbo based car the other the track focused gt product so you know depending on how you're going to want to use those cars they you could be weighing those up right you see what i mean like you could be weighing them up sort of i mean i understand that that what you're saying that the demographic of the two cars is in the layout and the gearbox and the drivetrains are all very similar but i think they're still completely different cars okay so there we go my uh, what I have realised now driving the Sport Classic is they are very different cars. On paper, you could say, oh, you know, and I think actually Harry Metcalf did a video, I think his video was Sport Classic or GT3 Touring or something along those lines. But the I, like, I'm now like, oh no, they're very different things. That's all I'm going to say for now. Okay. We will get into it more post our summer break because yes, uh, regular viewers will know every summer we take a bit of time off in August. So we're taking, Well, yeah, we're taking a couple of weeks off actually, a bit of a break. Um, I am, I'm going... 
I got a few days in, in Lisbon with the family, which right. was super nice. Really? Yeah, taking my parents away. That'd oh, that would be nice, yeah. Making my sister pay for it. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, taking my parents away. So that'd be super nice. So going for a few days. But yeah, we always take a couple of break, uh, weeks off just to kind of let ourselves uh, recharge and, and refresh. And then we're going to be coming at you thick and fast from mid-August onwards, where we've got our five live podcast events. All those tickets are nearly sold out. I mean, absolutely outrageous. Yeah. Final few tickets available, seen through glass, dot online, go to the event section. There's literally like a handful. So by the time this episode's out, they might have all sold out. A handful for each event or just a No, no. I think like, I think the first two events are gone, okay, sold fine. out. Yeah. I think maybe the first of October, there's a few tickets remaining. Maybe the December one. I think that, anyway, go check them out. There's not a lot ones. left. Not a lot left. Um, but yeah, so we got those coming up. We have the Australian tour. First two weeks of November, behind the glass live, Dan Ander. <sighs> uh, a bit similar to our US adventure last year. Going to be going in, main channel content, behind the glass content. It's going to be huge. This so, will be bigger than better than America, though. It's going to be huge. This is huge. We have some of the plans in place. Well, oh, my God. So <laughs> we got that. Tony and I got a road trip at the end of September. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. A big old road trip. Oh, we yeah, we looking forward on. to that one. We got a few more press drives, so off the back of our successful... Ma- anyway, like, it's a, get excited. We're changing it up. Well, not really, but second half of the year, it's going to be same as usual, but just more of it. Um, so that'll be very exciting. Anyway, what have you been up to, mate? What's been going on? I've been driving around a Sport Classic. What have you been doing? Um, what have I been doing? Good question. Um, well, um, I've been doing a little bit of business. Right, that's good. Not, not nothing too, you know, nothing too flash, but I've been doing a bit of business. Uh, I sold the uh, M2. Already? Yeah. Wow, this is the new shape M2, which you ordered at the same time as the M3 Touring. Yeah, the problem is with M2 cars, they both turn up at the same time, and uh, I really had to pick between one or t'other. To have as a sort of demonstrator? Uh, to, yeah, to have as as my car until I sell it, So, and I picked the M3, obviously. So um, uh, the M2 sold very quickly. Wow. Um, is that because you think they're slow to come to the market? As in, because it's not a limited car, you know? What no. I mean? Like, so has somebody just gone? Oh yeah, I fancy one of those. Or has somebody, you know, why has that gone so quickly? Well, just it's, uh, early cars often do, you know, because um, you know people don't want to wait. Some 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 people have the car on order and it's a year away, and they go, "Well, I'll have this now," and I wait for the other one to come. That that happens quite a lot, by the way. As in, in general, I sold a G-Wagon last year uh, when there was still a wait for them. Exactly the same thing. The bloke just didn't want to wait another year for it and uh, bought our used one. And then, incidentally, he phoned me last month and said, my one's coming now. But that was like nine months before. Do you think the guy, if that's what the guy's doing with the M2, would he be safe in an M2 for 12 months? If you bought the car, very early car, and did... Let's be realistic. What three to five thousand miles? What's an what's a realistic M two mileage for for one year? Well, I start any 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 other car. Some people do three thousand miles. Some people do five. Some people do. Well, eight. What do you tend to get? Because you know, if we were talking about a Ferrari two nine six or even a GT three, you'd be saying it's going to be definitely under five thousand miles for Unle- that first uh, year, un- unless we own them. Unless we. Own them. <laughs> but I assume M twos are more readily used. You must see them coming in a year or eighteen months old with. What twelve thousand miles? Uh, yeah, so some some of obviously we sell a lot of M two comps, so the older shaped car, and quite often they're twenty nineteen, twenty twenty cars, and they have anything from fifteen thousand to 
25,000 miles, roughly. So it really does. Some people use them as weekend cars. uh, Some people use them all the while. To be honest, most of the M2 lads, they do use them as just weekend cars. They've got another car or a van or something like that, you know, because they are quite thirsty. Yeah, well, they have been. Who knows about the the new one? But Well, it will. I mean, it will be. It's it's still a three litre do early 20s to the to the gallon so it's still fairly thirsty so um yeah it, you know <clears throat> depreciation wise will it lose money yes of course because everything's losing money again now as it was um i still can't believe the amount of conversations i still have with customers that still think that the market's still completely fine and their cars are still the worth it's booming yeah like you know, like regularly, I get people ringing me up uh, with Porsches, new Porsches, McCanns, 911s, got the got the slots, their cars now coming that they've waited 18 months for, one overs for them. I mean, no chance. It's not a thing anymore. Not a thing. No, no, no. I mean, um, I'm sure a lot of Porsche dealers uh, agree with me that, that, that there's so many 911 cancelled orders around at the moment. You know, where generic 911, gen, just 911 S's and stuff, yeah, yeah. where people order them and then the world's changed and they're not, they're just not buying them anymore. Okay for them. Does that yeah. mean that there are some steals out there to be done? Like, could you go and then low ball? I don't know because Porsche historically, apart from a Panamera and probably a KN, maybe, um, don't really do deals on cars in general, you know, because there's normally plenty of people for them. So if there's a council order, there's 10 people waiting for the car and in one of them, 10 people will have it. Mm. And as we know, quite often, sometimes they make people buy them so they get a GT yeah. car or get a number. We have this lovely Carrera <laughs> sitting here. Yeah, if in- you get it, you'll definitely get a 992.2 GT3. <laughs> yeah, or you'll get Cheeky a GT3 buggers. one day. Yeah. yeah. So, buggers. yeah, they have that car that they can play, obviously. Um, but, yeah... Uh, I don't know, mate. Like, the market's just changing all the time and people's perception of of cars fetching decent money now is like long gone. Long, long gone. Fair enough. Well, let's see. Let's see what the future holds. It seems to be an ever-evolving situation, at least here in the UK, but I think across the world, yeah. The the markets in general, I'm not I'm not well read enough in the world of, you know, financials. Mm. But but yeah, I think there's a lot of uncertainty still ahead in terms of yeah, values, because then you also see the other end of the market, the multi-million pound stuff, selling super strong. So, or I, th- I think. Yeah, I think I think the, that, that half a million pound market up, I think that's still okay because people have a, have, a, have different buying habits for that for that stuff. What did you see? The, I think it was the Singer DLS, I think. Right. Was um, uh, DK that I think sold for a million over. Okay. I mean... Yeah, yeah, it's another, it's, it's another world. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's not, you know, that's a quick profit, isn't it? Yeah. My God, at, at, that, at that point, you're not yeah. you're not worried about paying another percent on the interest rate because you, you're you're buying it. Yeah, you're, yeah right, you're writing a check for it. So, um, you texted me last night that you were watching an interesting TV show. Oh yeah, there was a there was a I'm sure some of you saw it. There was a program on um, BBC One last night about um, electric vehicles and the way that we need to adapt as as humans and stuff. Like a panorama or like a, like a, a documentary? Like what? Yeah, like a proper documentary okay. and um, it was a, an hour-long episode. Um, 
interested in the lines they went down. I mean, all stuff, I'm not going to go over it too much, all stuff that we've been speaking about for the last two and a half years, basically. But was it positive or negative? Was it like, this is this is what's so great about electric vehicles or this is, this is the potential downside? Like, what was the narrative? To, to be fair to them, it started off very positive and then they started telling the truth. Okay, interesting. So, um, like, things like um, there's not enough um, lithium. Lithium. Li- lithium. Lithium. There's not enough leaf- lithium in the world to keep up with demand. Full lithium? stop. It, lithium, they, lithium, it, lithium, yeah. No, but they do um, cobalt, nickel. There's like a whole load yeah, of there's, there's raw some materials that... <clears throat> graphite or something as yeah, well. Lith- yeah, okay. Because the lithium ion... Correct. Fine, because... The next generation they're all talking about, isn't it, is the is the new battery tech that's coming. That there's different ways of going about it, but current EV infrastructure, yeah, they're they're struggling a bit. Yeah, like there was a scientist there and just says, as we speak today, if the whole world adapts the same policy as us, there just won't be enough in the world. Mm. As in, they won't they won't be able to manufacture it quick enough for demand, basically, and then. As well, like they said, like the price of it's gone up through the roof. Mm-hmm. So that's what that's another reason why electric cars are more expensive. They're also, you know, we've said this before. They're obviously more expensive because they're not making as many of them, and, and manufacturing costs are higher compared to a combustion car. Um, and batteries in general are, are are dearer to buy than an engine. It's, it is literally just as simple as that. So um, they spoke about that. They spoke spoke about synthetic fuels a bit as well. Interesting. What were they yeah, saying? Yeah, they spoke about that and said um, that's still expensive, which we know, and it obviously has its concerns as well because there's still a draw on 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 the planet making that stuff. Well, it depends on how you make it. Yeah, I think you know the big the big quick one that people like to wave the flag for is carbon capture. The people go, oh, well, that's still bad, and there's but. You know, P1, for example, the company that I put the fuel of the, into the 360, mm. their their approach is very holistic. Yeah, uh, and you know, of course, yeah, it's it's carbon neutral. We must remind people yeah. it's not carbon zero. Correct. Um, but you know, they they capture their carbon through you know waste. You know, yeah. so biomass waste, yeah. like that. So there's lots of different ways you can go about it. Porsche's uh, route uh, or or the Siemens, or sorry, the in the chili plant that was a little bit maybe more grey in terms of Catching it their through process. The, through the air? Capture. Uh, they were coming from a beer factory, actually. But right. but just their process in general, yeah, required a little bit more magic, okay. which, you know, right. was like, oh, what's actually going on in there? Yeah, I think the biggest problem with synthetic fuels is scalability because it's very energy intensive. Yeah. You know, one wind turbine can create X, you know, millions or thousands of litres, yeah. but could also actually charge an... Uh, more electric vehicles than it can create liters of synthetic fuels. Yep. So, you know, if you're going down the the, the wind uh, route, uh, wind turbine route for electrolysis, uh, you know, you've got to build bazillions of wind farms yep. and then you're still producing less fuel than if you were actually charging electric vehicles. But yep. the fundamental point is if you have a wind farm in somewhere like Chile or Chile where there's a lot of wind, so it's very productive, you can't actually transport that electricity back to the UK to charge electric cars. So, yep. it, you know, Lots of ups and downs, but, you know, sorry to bang on about P1 for a second, but I caught up with the guys at Goodwood because they were fueling all of Sebastian Vettel's cars. Yeah, there. He was I saw that. Race yeah. Without Trace. That was all yeah, P1 yeah. fuels. Uh, they were putting them in all vintage Bentleys. You know, I, they're making moves. They continue to make moves. And I think the biggest uh, misinformation about synthetic fuels at the moment is the fact that you might need to 
change something in the vehicle. Like I've seen on mass, or sorry, uh, generic media, mass media, uh, people saying, you know, oh, well, with a small change to the engine, you could all be running on carbon neutral fuels. I didn't say that yesterday, and and that's Good. the first time I've heard that as oh, well. Oh, fine. Okay, so I've seen a few different reports, right. and also some discussions when they were talking about extending the 2030 or 2035 ban on combustion engines, and then allowing synthetic fuels, that they might have some kind of regulator or check or something like that yeah. to make sure that it's synthetic. But yeah, at least speaking P1 fuels, which is 100% carbon neutral, uh, that can go in any engine right now. Yeah, Nothing needs to be changed. Yeah. Oh, and that's it. I was listening to Jensen Button on uh, Smoking Tires podcast yeah, at Goodwood, yeah. and he was saying, oh, like, does it does it corrode the rubbers or the engines, you know, if you leave that in? But yeah, no, not yeah. at all. I mean, I say, like, uh, loads of vintage car companies have been using P1. I mean, Mila Mila, they all refuel with P1. Uh, there's absolutely no proof or thought or reason as to why anything would be damaged. It's, you know, completely yeah. regulated and ready to go. So, yeah, it's the scalability. That's the problem with, with synth fuels. It needs a lot of focus and attention and money to get some clever people to work out how to make it more energy or less energy intensive. Yeah. Um, but also scale it up so that the price comes down yeah. and it all happens more rapidly. Um, but that's what the country is obviously, by 2050, it's, it's not trying to be zero. It's trying to be neutral. By... by but that's the goal. By 2050, we have to we have to be neutral. And don't forget, cars is a tiny, not a tiny part of that, but a percentile of that. You know, exactly. Loads of other yeah you know, factors. <clears throat> they spoke about um, hydrogen. Obviously, yeah. um, there yeah. was a there was a, a a lady there demonstrating. She was the CEO of, of one of the big hydrogen companies, and they that, that what we've said before. They are, she said we are definitely going to gonna concentrate more on the heavy vehicles because of one of the cost and two it's more efficient for 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 that to go into heavy vehicles than it is normal you know public con- combustion cars um so they'll you know planes trains um boats um machinery and, uh, things machinery like that, yeah. lorries buses that sort of thing they'll concentrate more on that which we, we, to be we have said that before yeah um that took spoke at length about the infrastructure and people's confidence about people not buying an electric car, which again we spoke about before. I have a story on that, by the way. Remind me. It, yeah. Um, they said that the infrastructure is still so far behind and there's a couple of big companies that are putting these pods in the ground, but you know they've all got to have different licenses and it takes a year to get the license and they're so far behind. They then um, concentrated a bit on that that big new um, charging station at Braintree, mm-hmm. which is actually probably the best one in the country at the moment, you know, charge 30-odd cars. But, mate, the the infrastructure for that, by the way, and the and the generators and the, the batteries and stuff that they need to power that. And we're still, we're still very... I know electric cars have been around 10 or 15 years, but we're still miles away. In terms of, uh, you know, there's 30 million combustion cars in this country, and by 2030, they want us to, they're not going to sell them anymore. I mean, it's not going to happen, firstly, because the infrastructure is so far behind. And the, the, the bloke who who runs that Braintree one, that runs the company that owns, he said the energy um, that the grid requires just to power this, he said, we need like, another 10,000 of them across the country to keep up with demand that some, you know, once we get to 15, 20 million electric cars, 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think my... The thing which frustrates me at the moment, right, is there is this real... Whichever whichever side you're leaning on, if you're pro-EV, you're pro-synthetic fuels, you're pro-hydrogen, you're pro just sticking with where we're at, people are so absolutely vitriolic in their argument. You know, this is why synth fuels is BS and can never work and it's complete trash and ignore it. You're just, you're trying to cling on to the past. Here's why EVs will never be a thing. It's a disaster. It's bad for the environment. And there's so much information out there and so much aggressiveness that people are all just bashing each other down. Like, this is crap. This is crap. This is crap. This is crap. We have to, I think, kind of work together to accept all different kinds of innovations. You know, we are in first world country, you know, a, a well-developed, you know, high net worth. High net worth, yeah. So it, is, yeah. it makes sense for EV infrastructure to be put into place. And in a city to uh, maybe be electric only or to ramp up hydrogen uh, combustion or hydrogen fuel cells for heavy machinery, for synth fuels to be used in enthusiast places like Goodwood Festival of Speed or racing, because we have that flexibility and that ability. Mm. The ban obviously is on new car sales. At the moment, it's not a ban on combustion engine vehicles. We assume tax is going to go through the roof. We assume there'll be various ways that the government will try and force us out of old combustion. Look at ULES, even though that's caused a huge uproar here in the UK. Um, you know, London trying to charge people huge amounts of money to drive in and out of the city each day with, well, cars that don't quite make sense. There are emissions that don't quite make sense. Anyway, another story. But think about somewhere like Peru or somewhere like Chile, where I went, or Indonesia, or even parts of North America, where they are so far behind electric in infrastructure. Um, that's where, you know, we need to be supporting synthetic fuels or hydrogen or all these different routes to market. You know, I think we just, the ba the constant bashing is getting me down a little bit. The, prob the problem is as well, which they, which they really emphasised yesterday, was that the government, our government, is really all for it, but they're not backing it. Financially, they are they are not backing it like um, America, uh, China, by the way, are the leading, they're really yeah, leading yeah, 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 yeah. the way um, with um, electric cars in terms of, you know, the, uh, the, these plants that they're building, they've, 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 um, well, they can, they're also controlling the supply of many of those raw correct, materials that we just correct, spoke about. Correct. So, yeah. as ever, China are 15 years ahead in their thinking uh, of trying to dominate this space. Yeah. With yeah, not just production of electric vehicles. Yeah, and they and obviously they've thrown like hundreds of billions of quid at it. Um, the the Americans have have set aside 20 or 30 billion for companies. These are grants, by the way, that have been made by the government. For these, for these, you know, big companies to start making these plants and these bases, a bit like British Vault that was happening, and now it's not happening because the government only allowed was it a hundred million or something, and and it was three billion to construct, and you know the 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 government weren't particularly happy with the with the investors, so they all pulled their money out, and then the government said, well, we're not going to help. But they've not come to the party. That's what I'm saying. The government, our government are putting pressure on us to buy electric cars. We don't, excuse me, we don't have the infrastructure, and they're not wholeheartedly backing it, like some of these other big, France as well, by the way. Flipping hell. They're really having to go France. 
You know, in what terms mean? of into infrastructure. In terms as of, and they're trying to implement infrastructure, making like big battery factories to manufacture the batteries. These big manufacture plant. the batteries for electric vehicles. Correct. Okay. Yeah, yeah. They're really they were say, saying about the hubs, and we've got one, um, and most of these other countries have got over ten already. But hold on a sec. That is to generate. That is to that's industry, right? So that's companies to making, save our industry, yeah. making batteries for electric vehicles to save the car industry. So, because obviously we still make cars in this country, mm-hmm. right? So it's a it's a fifteen billion pound industry mm-hmm. a year. Mm-hmm. That's what it's worth to the country, the 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 motor trade essentially. Um, and in twenty thirty, as we're going at the moment, it won't be it won't be an industry. Because there's no, there's no, inf- they're not, they're not helping businesses and companies. They'll all pull out. They're all going to go to France and, mm. you know, Germany. Germany's another big one, by the way. Um, America. Is that, and you might not know the answer, but is that anything to do with Brexit and the cost of importing various materials and things needed to make the batteries is infinitely high. So it's cheaper for people to do it in France, Germany. <laughs> Or China, obviously. Well, the, 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 yeah, I, that's a question I have. No yeah, the, the the big question. I mean, I can only talk um, generally about this. We we as a nation are importers. We import everything, which is why our cost of living went through the roof. There's lots of reasons why, but that was a big reason why because we import everything. So, but the whole <laughs> the whole idea partly was to Brexit is to stand alone and be Great Britain again and make everything ourselves. We're miles off. In general, just not. I'm not just talking about cars. I'm talking about food, everything. We are miles behind. It's all to do with funding. Yeah, it's no yeah, funding. Okay, no funding. Well, I mean, we're wading uh, quite heavily into politics, which we <laughs> try not to do each week. Uh, I think you know my whole thing is at the moment there's so much information out there, so much conflicting information, so much misinformation, so much interesting information. Things are evolving and changing every day. And there'll be a thousand comments under this podcast correcting us on things that we've said or, yeah. or having opinions on things that we've said. And as I, said, I think it's great that we as car enthusiasts have so much uh, to be interested or excited or concerned about. You know, it's, it's a crazy time to be into cars because mm. so much is changing and none of us know what the next five to 10 years is going to look like in the automotive world. But all I'd say to... Th- this audience or our audience who are, I say, real enthusiasts, driving enthusiasts. Like, I think I think we need to be open-minded is, is my whole thing. I did that Lotus Electra review. The amount of negativity sort of before even anyone had, no one was open to the idea that it might actually be a good product. The, the, the generic consensus from the comments was before I'd even watched the video, before anyone watched the video, Load of crap. Chinese load of crap. So? Like, I get that people are passionate about Lotus. I get that that's a brand that represents something and that the Electra is completely different to that. And I made that point super clear in the video. It's not a Lotus. It's comp- There's nothing about it that is a Lotus. Because it works. That's one of the reasons. <laughs> you know, like, there's nothing about it that is a Lotus. But it wears a Lotus badge. Yeah. And if so therefore, is a Lotus. there's a product from the Lotus brand that is fantastic, surely that should be celebrated. But oh, yeah. everyone just goes, 
BS that an electric car can be good. BS that an electric car can be engaging to drive. BS that that's a Lotus. I was like, just let's all be open-minded because we have the chance to be surprised. Some stuff is going to be poo-poo. And I get it. I get that as a Lotus fan or aficionado, the Electra makes you feel sick. I understand that. But be open to the idea that it might actually still be quite good, though. It might still actually be quite enjoyable to drive, even if you don't like the idea, the concept of what it represents. It's going to be the same. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Aim for a hydrogen combustion Ferrari or Lamborghini or a hybrid Ferrari SF90. So otherwise, a hybrid Ferrari, disgusting, brilliant car from what you know, what everyone can tell you. So. Yeah. I think just bide our time. Of course, we here are super passionate, enthusiastic about synthetic fuels. We see a lot of flaws and issues with electric vehicles, but I'm driving more and more new EVs. I'm enjoying them more and more. I haven't had to go and charge one for a long time, so that's probably why I'm having such a good experience. Why I'm, haven't you had to go and drive one? Because I've done a lot one. of press drives where they're pre-charged. Oh, okay. Fine. I haven't actually lived with one for a while, which is something I'm keen to do, yeah. by the way. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that, I think we have to, as this community, as the cars and coffee community, as the car, you know, saddos community, just have a pinch of salt of our opinions and just be prepared to be surprised and to enjoy something different and something new. But, of course, champion whichever route we think makes most sense, but not instantly poo-poo something that's different. But that's how I feel. Yeah, and and I I will fight you a little bit with what you said there because, uh, again, when I go back to this program, they had people on that were talking about the frustrations of still, even now, living 
and owning an electric car. They spoke about expense. They spoke about infrastructure, the charging them, long distance. That was the big thing, by the way. If they're in a town, they're absolutely fine because they can charge it from home. They're going short distance. But as soon as they went on a on a run, you know, one of the guys went down to Cornwall with his family, gets halfway there, pulls into one of the big charging places. There's only eight machines that are working. There's 25 cars waiting to charge up. It's a disaster. I'm, I'm literally going to, I'm going to cut you off. Not because I just think that there are points that we know. And that the we, whole thing we knew, mate, the, we, absolutely. The and whole program. And, and people are more and more aware of, I think all I would say, and I, I'm going to, I'm going to make a point that's going to back you up in two seconds, but he's already thinking about yeah, it. Yeah. But, but it, the solution is not going to turn up on day one. You know, I went to visit that Porsche plant, also Porsche-affiliated plant in Chile at the start of the year. There's been no noise about it since. That was a test program for Porsche Centre. So no, that's a long way away. P1 and Yes are doing amazing work, but again, they haven't got a P1 filling station yet. Let's hope that's something coming soon. Electric vehicles, I think you've I think people are realizing where electric vehicles are gonna make sense, which is for short journeys in cities. Yeah. At the moment, they're way too expensive. And the push is in the other direction. Now, there could be lots of advancements. We've got that crazy Mercedes that does a thousand kilometers. There's cheaper uh, new electric vehicles on the way, that new Volvo EX, whatever it's called, which actually I saw testing, camouflage testing on the motorway yesterday. Um, you know, that's like a 35 grand or 40 grand electric vehicle from Volvo. Still expensive, mate. Still, of course, of course, but they're coming down. They're, yep. You know, so what I'm saying is, I, I agree with, you know, we've made these points millions of before. Our concerns with electric vehicles but i'm also open to that then i'm not saying go away there is something in an electric vehicle i would have one to plug in at my home and just drive back and forth to the studio like that makes sense to me but it's too expensive for me to go and buy one right now and i you do, can plug it in as well still by yeah the way. No, I, I, no i'm not i'm not going to sit here i said like we've we've gone over it so many times we know yeah, yeah. our issues with electricals but i'm also yeah. open to people discovering solutions for it yeah i'm not gonna say it's never ever ever gonna work i don't think the whole world can switch to electric vehicles no chance which is why synth fuels needs to be promoted hydrogen needs to be promoted and maybe another technology or concept that we don't even know about maybe it's hybrid small combustion engines with large hydrogen fuel cell batteries or, or sorry electric motors with synth fuels powering the like who knows what the final solution will be but we better get a move on we just have to sort of yeah but that's going to change there's 20 30 20 it's all going to change yeah, it will and change. we know it well we and said I, that how many times we said that yeah well, like but i you know now we sound like we're sitting here going oh we told you this was going to happen I, we did I, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's it's not important i i'm just going on a bit of a rant because i'm just getting annoyed with how violent the conversations are becoming one way or the other and yeah. I, I say i know we sit here and we bash evs but i'm trying to be i'm trying to force myself to be more and more open to the idea impartial yeah i'm trying well, not you know we can have our opinions but i just i also yeah. like i just don't come on people we've got to make sure the car survives and if we all sit here and bash each other well the there's car gonna be no cars left yeah, but the they, car they won't survive. they'll all be all, all what's called ai they'll all be bloody automated what's it called you know they'll drive themselves they'll drive themselves no one will own them they'll have no steering wheel you'll just get in like we have to fight for 
what but, we enjoy to survive. And the only way to do that is allow innovation. But that's not going to happen in our lifetime, what you've just said there, by the way. And actually, the, 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 the person changes, as in people evolve and change with technology. So my daughter's a very good example now. She's six. She wants a Fiat five, an electric Fiat five hundred when she when she grows up. Of course she does. She's already said that. Yeah. Because she's now she is now of that age where she is starting to whether they're t- teaching her in the school. I don't know. Maybe they do speak about electric cars in the school. I don't know. She's already talking about. She's not talking about. She wants a great big Larry V eight thing. No, but then go to Goodwood and there are tens of thousands of under 18-year-olds, okay, or te- like thousands of under 18-year-olds salivating at the Beast of Turin. Yeah, but it's, so, a, it's a generation thing. That's what I'm saying. So in 20 years' time, the, 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 the 18-year-old won't think like that anymore. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They'll think differently because there'll be a different product on the market. So, you know, the, as the product evolves, the, the people will evolve that are buying it mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. in they'll, they'll change their concept of it's like you know our ancestors used to go around on horse yeah, yeah, well, we yeah. appreciate horse now we don't go around on it somebody did there was a great uh, tweet who knew that Twitter was still a thing that's uh, called X now you can't say that a hundred years ago rich people had cars and poor people had horses mm. now Poor people have cars and rich people have horses. <laughs> Literally, yeah. It's weird how the world goes. Yeah. Um, so we'll just finish that because this was not supposed to be our topic of discussion today. <laughs> but get us on to the future of mobility and this is what happens. We're in. I'll just tell one last story before we move on because we're supposed to be doing a big garage update, which, well, 40 minutes into the episode, that hasn't happened. Um, a friend of mine came over for Goodwood and rented, I think, a Polestar? Right. From Europe car or... Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Some, some car. Picked it up and the person behind the counter said, where are you off to? So I'm going down to Goodwood. And this was, I guess, at Heathrow or whatever. Mm-hmm. He went, oh, good luck. I went, what? I went, good luck. What do you mean? Because you're never going to make it. Really? This is the person renting the car. I'd say like the... I mean, they've got no affiliation to Polestar. No, right? I mean, but, but this is an electric vehicle. So this is somebody who's flown in. They said, <laughs> oh, well, he goes, yeah, yeah, you're screwed. Like, disaster. Yeah. So, well, can we get... Can we change and get a combustion engine vehicle? They went, no, 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 because... Combustion engine vehicles are really popular. No one wants EVs, so all we've got left is that EV. <laughs> I mean, so that shows you the issue that we've got at the it's moment. It's a mentality thing, yeah. Across the board. So there's all of this up and down. As I say, our conversation just now is not going to have helped because I'm sure when we listen back to it, we've probably just completely just ranted at each other. And I'm saying, let's stop ranting, people. Let's stop getting it. And we just literally shouted about batteries and synth fuels. Anyway. Shall we move on to what we were supposed to be discussing today? <laughs> yeah. Which is the garage update. Because okay, <laughs> I teased at the end of last week, uh, but also you kind of mentioned a few things at the start of this episode. Mm. So let's get into your car lineup at the moment, because I think people are a bit confused. We've done episodes where you've ordered things and then cancelled things and things yeah. have turned up. Yeah. There's obviously a difference between cars you've got in stock and yeah. private cars. So, Mr. Tony, uh. what cars do you personally have right now? A GT3. Okay. Done, finished, a GT3. It's the black car, PDK gearbox. Correct. Lovely bit of kit. Love it. You plan to keep that for a while? I'll keep it until I decide I want something else. But at the moment, I don't (laughs) want anything Or somebody offers you nice money. (laughs) No, because it's not for sale. But but yeah, um, uh, until something else catches. For now, uh, yeah. For now, that's your car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you miss the Pista? Yeah. Yeah, you missed the piece. I do, yeah, I still look at them, yeah. People don't forget, Tony had about six of them. Yeah. Um, I've had about six GT3s as well. Yeah, you have. This is your first 992 GT3. Yeah, correct. 
Um, okay, so that that's the car, and that's the car that you'll be using for road trips. It's yeah, because I, I love it. Yeah. Do you use it much here in the UK? You've done a couple Never. of track days. That's it. That's it. Okay, fine. I, I, I don't actually, apart from taking it to PPF... I've never driven it on the road, UK road. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, what happened to the 296? Cancelled it. Because? Not going to use it. Waste of money. Fine. Have you driven one yet? Well, only for like 15 minutes before mm. I got this one. So not, not long enough. But I will. I'll get one when I need one again. I don't... I, li- I, would, it would, I, would, I was thinking about it. It's a load of money. It's going to lose money. They are losing money. It's three grand a month or whatever, and I just can't. I'd rather not have. What if I'm not going to use it? Just sit there looking at it. What's the point? And from the minute you ordered it, you were panicking about it. No, it just uh, you were, mate. No, you, no, no, the minute you ordered it, you were flapping, going, "Am I going to like this car?" The the that that isn't the. Ri- I would have still loved to have took it. The other problem is with it as well is that it was three and a half months late. So mm. when I originally ordered that car last year, it was supposed to be here in March. So I thought, perfect to go away in April. I'll have it for then. It didn't come. So all of a sudden, really, from then, when I knew it wasn't coming in March, I was half talking myself out of it then because I'm thinking, well, what am I going to use it for? I'm not going away on another road trip this year. I might go to Nürburgring, but I wouldn't take that anyway. I'd go in the GT3. Um, but apart from that, like if I do the odd track day again, I'd go in the GT3. I wouldn't I wouldn't take a 296. It's not what it's for. Um so what I'm going to use it for? Mm. Then I'm not going to use it till next year. It's going to cost me 35 grand for it to just sit there. Then it's going to lose another 35 grand. So it's going to cost me 60 odd grand to sit there. Well, I mean, I'd rather give it to my daughter. <laughs> well, that's true. Fair. Uh, good good day a, for her. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so that's that's gone. So and, and then nothing else on the horizon. So nothing else has caught your eye. There's nothing else you're thinking. All oh, I've got the obviously I've got the M3 touring, but that again we use that as like a demo. So I will use that. It, it is on the website. I will sell it, but I don't. I, I'm in no desperate need to sell that car. Okay. I really like you're that really car. Enjoying I really it. like that car. Yeah. But so. in terms of there's no big hitter stuff. So you, you GT3 is here for now. You're not thinking. You know what? I think next year though I'll swap it for. Well, the only the only the only car I would swap it. For at the moment is a black series, AMG GT black series. Yeah, but but they're still too expensive. Really? Uh, what are they? They're still like um, three and a half. Okay. Probably around that. So I mean, they're advertised at like three ninety, three eight five. I don't think they're really selling at that. But yeah, they're probably they're 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 three and a half ish. Really, um, maybe a bit more if you really want one. But it's too it's too much money for me. Like I'm not, I'm I'd rather another piece though. Do you know what I mean? And maybe I'll jump in one of them next year again. Another pista? Maybe, yeah. Maybe, really? Maybe I'll have a 296. Maybe I'll have another 296. Yeah, I think it would be a waste to go back to a pista. No, would... Not if you love it. Of course you love it, but but surely 296 and pista similar money? Uh, 296 be a bit less, yeah. A bit less. So you might as well give a 296 a try. Yeah, and I might, and I, and I might well do. I might, yeah. I might get to early next year and... The thing is, I love the GT3 so much as a car. There really isn't, for the money, you've really got to go and spend a hundred grand more to get something just as good, let alone yeah. better. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. it's like, it's fairly stable money wise. And again, how many times we spoke about this before, about my, you know, because of what I do for a living, I really try not to lose loads and loads of money on cars. And also, it's another thing. This is the first time I've spoke about my personal cars really on the internet for 
ages, mate. For a long time. I don't. I don't because yeah. I swap them and change them, and I don't really feel like I have to justify what I'm doing. And no, then, no, 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 and course. then and then you get judged by people that you don't know and go, "Oh, you have you flipped that and sold that, and why are you getting this and why are you doing?" I'm not interested. No, but so who that, cares? Who who cares? But that's what I'm saying. Like, I'd rather just not. Just avoid it. Ju- yeah, I'd rather just not tell yeah. people what I've got or what I'm doing. Oh, sorry. <laughs> no, no, I don't, no, I don't mind because I've only got, I've only got, I've only got one car. And I, but in general, I don't. Well, except the Koenigsegg, but we don't talk about that online. Yeah, because it's a bit embarrassing because I wanted a V8 one and the V8 one was coming. No, that's the Jamera. I don't know. I don't know. I'm <laughs> oh, and your Valkyrie. Yeah, Valkyrie. Yeah, oh, that's the one I really yeah, want, yeah, yeah. Valkyrie. Okay, so so you're, you're GT3ing it and then you're using the M3 touring, which I'm very jealous of. And I've got a new Amarok pickup truck coming. Oh, look at that. Not, yeah. a, not a Ranger Raptor? No, no. No, they're so cool, though. There's new V6 Ranger Raptors. I've seen a few of them. Yeah, I mean, a lot go, of those are hitting the road now. I'll go skint. They well, they're not a commercial to start with, by the way. Ah. So, they're because they've got car suspension, so they've not got a big payload. You know? Oh, I think you told me this. Yeah, so they're not classed as a as a commercial. They're classed as a car. Yeah, um, and they're like seventy grand. And, well, they're not actually. They're they're about six. They're not even sixty grand actually. I think they're like oh, right. late fifties, and they're petrol as well. Yeah, yeah, they do like four to the gallon. It would look cool, but that's about it, right? Yeah, I'm yeah. interested. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well. We got quite a lot to discuss in terms of my garage. Uh, GT3 is back. GT3 is back. I'm taking it down to the Big Bewley Supercar event in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, is it? Uh, be all right. You're going to make it. Or? Oh, bloody hope so. Uh, um, as far as I can tell, yeah, absolutely great. So, How, like, so working seems to be. I've been I'm, out in it. Not really. Uh, I mean, I have. I've, I've driven it around to make sure there's not a weird knocking noise at the back. Um, I've driven it around. Seem, seems totally fine. So yeah, that would be my first real outing. Take it down to Bewley and then I'm now trying to plot and plan how to make up for the lost road trip that didn't happen. But I, you know, I, I still adore it. I still love it. I'm happy to have it back. Like, yeah, I, you know, GT3 going nowhere. Yeah. Unless the drive shaft falls off again. <laughs> I, I, Might I be will, the other one. I will be honest. If I had another issue in that car, I think I would immediately get rid of it because I do. I'm a. I'm a. I'm a little apprehensive. Like I'm just a bit like in the. I keep list when I do drive it. I'm like, oh, what was that? Oh, what? Yeah. So, so does doing. that mean you want to sell the 360 now? You've had a couple of issues in no, that. Hold on a sec. Let me finish. Uh, <laughs> for example, the inside of the windscreen yeah. keeps like almost like it's getting dirty or Mist, misty. Up. Yeah. Yeah. Is that happening in yours? No. See, and I'm like, what's going on there? Have I got some kind of, <laughs> is there a crack? Like, what's going on? Like, is there something wrong with it? So I don't want that feeling. So I need to get out and drive it and have some good experiences. But fundamentally, as I touched upon prior to the breakdown or during the breakdown video, you know, that I've fallen in love with that car. It's going nowhere. That's a keeper, which it wasn't the necessary plan. I think I've been quite open by the fact that I thought I'd have that car for 12 or 18 months and then probably move on. <laughs> In my head, I'm like, oh, I think I'm going to have it like three or four years. As soon as you drive that car again, you'll go, oh my God, I love this. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, I, 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 you've yeah. not driven it for a while and you've had a problem. With exactly. It. So I just feel a bit bitter. But um, no, no. So, that, so that's all good. So it's back. And yeah, we've got a trip we're going to be doing in both of our GT3s end of September. I, I think I mentioned it last week. I think I'm going to try and take my car maybe to Ireland or some. I don't know. I'm going to do something with it. So watch this space. Um, F-Type. Let's come back to that. Uh, no, let's let's get into the F-Type. Really? What's yeah. that? Is that the brown one? The brown F-Type. Right, okay, so, fine. F-Type gone. Oh, I didn't even know that. Well, actually, yeah. gone, gone. Gone, gone, gone. Oh, right. Now, I know what is replacing it. So do I. But it's not coming for a while. 
Do you uh, don't know? You know, okay, so long story short. I'm I gonna do get, know. I'm going to get a project tape. <laughs> long story short. That that was my realisation. Yeah. Earlier in the year when I did the sort of send off to the F-type, F-type production is ending, blah, blah, blah. I'm going to part ways. I need or desire a practical, essentially a four-door fast car. That's a GT3 gone then when you get that car. No, hold on a sec. Listen, stop. Just Can you stop trying to, let me just explain what's going on. Well, and because then, your logic doesn't make any it sense. It does. Just shh. Listen. Listen. So, Project 8. Yep. But I've got to remortgage my house <laughs> within the year. And so I need to wait. Of course. And Jaguar, who are amazing, and I'm in regular contact with, who were saying, what, what's your plans? What are you going to do? Because I think they were a bit gutted when I was like, I'm getting out of the F-type. I think they were like, oh no, we quite like you being in a Jag. Said, well, we can help you out because they're heroes. So they are lending me an F-Pace SVR. Oh, wow. Yeah, basically is a stopgap until the project date. Nice. Uh, like super nice, like mad exciting. It's not the best spec ever. It's like black on black on black, but I really well, shouldn't, it is. I shouldn't complain. I mean, that's amazing. No, but I really, I mean, it's a, it's a free F-Pace SVR for actually, I think six months or maybe a year. I, I, bet, I, don't it's know. Me- I bet it's mega. I bet. Oh, it'll be I amazing. Bet- I love that car. No, no, no. I bet that car is going to look the bomb. That car mm. black with black with black with black with black. I'm not a fan of that. No, yeah, but you're not normal, mate. You've got no. a green GT3. Yeah, and a brown F-Type. And a brown F-Type. Too. Yeah, well, anyway, so... Who cares? The car, I love the F-Pace SVR. It's amazing. I so said, that's the stop gap. They, I need to check what their official terms are, but they basically said, look, just use this until you get the project out. Could be a bit of a sad day for you with that F-Type because that could be your last affiliation with it. Because you've had so many now, that might be a just... A, a, a no, I'll definitely... Close the chapter, that's it. I will one day have another one. Why? Because I just will, because they're a bit like you in the Pista. I just can't stay away from those cars. They're just a part of me. I just adore them. There you go then. But the Project 8 will probably fill that gap. <laughs> or or it has fill a gap doors. in a wall, because that's where you're going. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so 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 long story short, <laughs> F-Pace SVR, there, it comes in August, something like that. So I'll do a whole video on the main channel of it. So because I've got that, X3's going. Yeah. X3's going. It's going to be going to you, actually. I'll have it, yeah, yeah. So Tony's going to have the X3 for sale at some point, I guess, uh, later in the summer. And the F-Pace SVR will be the family car. And then I got the 360. So <laughs> GT3, 360, and F-Pace SVR. Right. And then next year, the F-Pace SVR will be swapped out for a Project 8. Then what? And I think I want to have, this is where you're going to laugh, especially after our conversation, like an Abarth electric or like a little, like a mini electric. Uh, well, what's your wife going to drive? That, the, the little electric thing. So I, I think, because if I've got the Project 8, I don't really want Vicky driving the Project 8. That'll be my daily. I'll have the 360 and the GT3 is the fun cars. And then I'll have the Project 8 as my daily. Oh, that's and, I, not- and then Vicky needs to have a little little something, which is big enough to fit a pram and a car seat in. <laughs> you know, but but it, like it, like that new X1, that new, or iX1. It doesn't have to be electric. I just kind of got the idea that I wouldn't mind having a little electric. So maybe the X1 M35i. Perfect. Thing. Something like that. That'll be Vicky's car. Uh- she can pay for it. I think I think you're gonna you'll have another switch rack. That there there's three cars there that are too similar. No, okay, so hold on. <laughs> there's actually <laughs> there's actually two cars there that are too similar. Well, I think three, mate. They're no. too focused. Well, hold on a sec. Project Eight and GT three are very similar, but that's yeah. what excites me. Right, because you know dynamically every day I got pro- I got the jack I got the F type engine I got the drag, 
but with one of the best front ends on a Jag ever. Right. So don't knock that. That's happening. Right. The cars that are too similar, the 360 and the GT3. Because, bear with me, both manual and both, in my mind currently, road trip cars. Special occasion cars. Maybe the GT3 won't be. Maybe I'll start using the GT3 more, but definitely once I've got the Project 8. Well, hold that, on a minute. Hold on a minute. You're not going to start using the GT3 more when you've got the Project 8, Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Once I've got the Project 8, the GT3 will be a special occasion car. And I've already got a special occasion car, the 360. Right, so one of them's going to go then. Next year is my 10th anniversary on YouTube. So you're going to sell everything. 10 years on YouTube. Is September it? 2024 marks my the start of my 10th year on YouTube. But do you know what? Because it's always really weird as well. Because everyone you ever speak to when you talk to someone, you say, oh yeah, I've been doing YouTube six or seven years. So I'm sorry, I don't think you realise you have been doing it 10 years. I, I didn't realise yeah. until I looked about two weeks ago. So I started the channel September 2014. Yeah. I then did it alongside work yeah for 18 months yeah, i went job. full time uh january 2016 so that's why i get my that's my six or seven or well, eight years that's my that's why but actually the channel started september next year 10 years ago so it's it's nine years this september so do you not do you not celebrate in 2026 then probably when you are properly 10 years no 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 i celebrate from the start of the channel because 2014 was the channel started. I uploaded my first video in October 2014. Right. The first, and it's still, it's still on there now. Well, of course it is. So, what are you going to do? Wouldn't what? it be the ultimate celebration that on my 10th anniversary of Seen Through Glass... I know what's coming. ...to present my challenge to the Oh, no. <laughs> what, and sell so what? That 360 thing. To find... I, I said... I will only buy a Stradale when I think I've achieved something in my life. When I feel like I've got to a point, because it's so my glory car. That's my pinnacle car. I'm only going to get it when I'm like, you know, you know, I'm at a point in my life where I think I can justify or warrant buying something that I've strived for for so long. And every single eight waking moment of the channel's existence has been about Challenge Stradale. Okay. And 10 years down the line, I got a brand new nun on GT3 I ordered from the factory. I'm going to have a project date. Got a kid, got a house, got a successful podcast, <laughs> sells out live events around the world. You know, maybe. Well, I, well, hold on. It ain't sold around the world yet. Only here. Only here. And Australia. <laughs> can't see it. Uh, and America last year. Yeah. Um, and I've been very open about my umming, umming and ahhing about my 360 since the end of last year. It's big celebratory 20 year anniversary. And... If I'm honest, there's a little bit of business going on here because I've, I've personally, I still love my car, but Which I've done car? my 360 Moderna, right. but I've done so much in it and almost peaked. You know, Mille Emilia was probably peak for that car yeah. if we think about it, but I've been on some amazing adventures. Tenerife was incredible. Morocco, unbelievable. So I've done so, so much and it's, it's burnt into me. But at the same time, content-wise, business-wise, it's probably done as much as I could do. There's not a lot of opportunity apart from those big adventures. A Chance Radali is a whole new narrative stream, not that I know, really want to be signing up to another five years of you know, <laughs> rebuilding a 360. But long story short, I've got time to figure this out and I've got to remor remortgage the house, get a Project 8 and survive baby going to nursery next year. So I've got a lot of financial outgoings next year. But, but if 
if I could work it so that for my 10th year on YouTube, start of my 10th year on YouTube, I finally got a Stradale. I think that could be quite special and end up, long story short, with Challenge Stradale, GT3 and Project 8 as a three-car garage. And then what? I think I'll then retire, quit. What, shut the channel shop. and then yeah, yeah, get a just, job? Just start, start a cafe <laughs> with a live podcast when you're attached. Watch this space. I mean, that's kind of, that's sort of where my head's at. That's Fair. my, that's what I'm aiming towards. Whether, I said, Project 8, Project 8 will definitely happen. Mm. Whether the Australia happens or not, I don't know. Uh, I think so. I, I just think that's a nice goal to have for end of 2024. It's a lovely goal to have. End of 2024, Challenge for Dali, GT3 and Project 8. That is what I'm aiming towards. It may change. Oh, I 100% would say that will change. You think? Oh, mate. Oh, well, I don't. I know I what don't. you're like. But for now, it's F-Pace SVR, GT3 and 360 Modena. Right. That's my garage. Yeah. We, yeah. That's the update. <laughs> that's it? Oh, I think so. <laughs> Uh, weird episode talked about <laughs> well spent about 30 minutes talking about yeah so future mobility which wasn't the plan but um that that wraps up the first half of our year so we're taking a two-week break now we'll be back with you week commencing the 14th of august which is when we expect to announce all the details of our australian tour and i would assume by that point 100 all the tickets for our uk live events will be sold out so just a reminder if you want to grab the final few head over to scene through glass dot online Go to the events section. You can grab the final few tickets remaining. If you want to follow either of us uh, over the next couple of weeks, see what we're getting up to. Tony's at Tony Grammar with car sales on most social media platforms. I'm at Seen Through Glass. Don't forget to follow the podcast on Instagram, Behind the Glass Podcast. Und- no, Behind the Glass underscore underscore podcast. We're also on TikTok. TikTok's doing big numbers these days. Yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I guess I guess that's it, right? Anything else you want to say to people before we see them in August? Oh, we've got a couple of weeks off. A couple of weeks off, mate. Happy holidays. Happy holidays if you're getting some time off. If you're not, sorry. <laughs> Go back and listen to some <laughs> other episodes. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in a couple of weeks uh, when we're feeling refreshed back from our holly bobs. See you then. Bye-bye. See ya. Why don't more infant formula companies use organic, grass-fed whole milk instead of skim? Why don't more infant formula companies use the latest breast milk science? Why don't more infant formula companies run their own clinical trials? Why don't more infant formula companies use more of the proteins found in breast milk? Why don't more infant formula companies have their own factories instead of outsourcing their manufacturing? We wondered the same thing. So we made Byheart a better formula for formula. Learn more at byheart.com.